What up, what up, everybody? Today we are on episode nine of Strictly Talking Shit, and we are going to bring in our other co host today. Let me find Adam real quick so we can get him in. Let's see. What up? All right. There's Adam. What so, up? Um, what up? What up? Let's cook it. You excited I, today or what? I'm excited to have Josh and I love I'm, Josh. I love Josh. I'm very excited. We're going to kick it off really quick. We don't like wasting time. So let's bring in our man, Josh, over here. Uh, biggest plumber next time, not for you today. <laughs> Quality drop when Adam the joined. End of the show, so. <laughs> Quality drop when Adam joined. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to invite Josh right here. Hey. What's hey, up, yeah. Josh? How's it going, guys? Fantastic. What about it's, you? How was your day? Uh, it was a good good day. We're dealing with a, like a tornado warning now. Yo, hoping it's that, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, Driving home nuts. is nuts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so hopefully the power stays on. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to get real romantic up in Alex, well, that's for you guys. I got a. Alex said that you touched. I got a great, his special spots. I got a great thirty degree out here. <laughs> Alex said he touched. You touched his special spots when you go up to Windsor. So, I mean, yeah, I don't blame it. It's going to get see it in up in here. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, you that's serious. You I dirty, I you dirty guys. Cleveland, no, no, not that time. <laughs> so we're starting today. For this show, we're talking about Dopegate, but everything else that has to do with Josh and what he does. So um, before we start the show, for people who don't know who Josh is, Josh, just give a quick overview of uh, who you yeah, are. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm the Director of Sales for Canada for OD, uh, so OD Canada. Uh, so I lead the, the sales team. Uh, I did the technical, technical department for, uh, for Masters for a number of years. Uh, did the sales run and then got into sales management. Uh, kind of joined the the social media side of things a couple of years ago to to help uh, help strengthen the voice out out in this this space and answer questions help people along uh, sometimes make my own content but mostly mostly reshare in this space but but I'm always here if anybody has any te any technical um, or just wants to know where to find something uh, like where can I buy that uh, in Canada I'm, I'm here to help. Before the masters, there you guys have it. Um, let's uh, for me, I got a question. Let's just do other than just what you do and what what you're doing right now. What give us an overview of your journey uh, so far of how you know you came to become the director of sales? Like what what, what was the what was the whole yeah, journey? Yeah, so about? I just um, I started uh, as a part time job in college. I was going to school for tool and die. Um, found this job that was looking for factory help. Came in, applied, uh, kind of busted my hump here throughout the summer. Uh, worked part time while I was going to school. Uh, decided that it wasn't for me. Uh, Tool and I just wasn't for me. I was in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, came here, just kind of started working full time, uh, just to, as a laborer uh, out back. Uh, kind of climbed my way up a little bit out back. Did shipping, shipping, receiving. Became the shipping receiving manager. Uh, eventually became the warehouse manager. 
um, and then uh, and then decided. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then decided that I want to do something more, uh, marketing, marketing or sales. Uh, so I went back to school while I was working, um, went, got a marketing certificate, uh, worked, worked through the marketing department here, got a sales gig up in Northern Ontario. Um, the most glamorous of all sales gigs, mm -hmm. uh, Northern Ontario, but, that's yeah. a beautiful place. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, worked technical for a little bit and then, uh, and then became a sales manager. Uh, VP of sales, sales and marketing for masters, uh, or GF Thompson. And then 2018 Odie bought, bought GF Thompson. Um, so good, good play on Odie's part got a lot of good people in that acquisition, eliminated a strong competitor up here in Canada. Um, and then, uh, and then I joined the team from there, kind of kept doing what I was doing, but for a bigger, uh, a bigger thing. <laughs> I know him. I go fishing with him. He's part of my, uh, my dad's group of fishing guys. It's so funny. It's awesome. I figured he had to be related. <laughs> yeah, to. So, so how, how long have you been with Odie now? Has it been uh, like this 30, is my 20 years, 21st year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. close. Yeah, that's, you are getting yeah, close. You're a lifer there now, aren't you? I love it. Yeah, but you've moved up. Every, everything that you've done, you've moved up quite fast. You know what I mean? Like you, you excel. Uh, you, uh, you probably get uncomfortable in a position. You probably excel at it. And then they're like, we need to challenge this guy more. And, you know, you're, you're quite up there. And you're, you're part of CIPH as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So one, yeah. Of, my, one of my goals that uh, an early mentor had set for me was get on the CIPH board. Yeah. Um, and, and he, he had set out a five-year plan for me. Um, really actually smart, really smart guy. Like we, he had set out a five-year retention plan basically. Yeah. Um, so that made it impossible for me to leave, uh, before those five years were up, like just stupid of me to leave. Yeah. Um, but one of the goals was get on the board. So I got on the board quickly. Um, and then just, uh, threw my hat in the ring, a uh, couple different things, committees, councils within CIPH, which is Canadian Institute of Plumbing and Heating. Um, and then last year, uh, last year I was the region president for Ontario. Um, hopefully, so hopefully set my sights on the national board now. Uh, Got to keep shooting. Um, but it was uh, it was a good experience last year. It's only a one year term, so I'm still on the board as a as a treasurer. Uh, still involved in planning activities and that, and and still very connected um, on the IPVF council as well. A uh, couple of different things throughout that. Well, you, you can you can notice that you're uh, a goal-driven individual, not only on the OD side of things on that side as well, right? Like you, you've excelled on social media as well. Like really there's a lot of team OD people, but like the number one people know from OD on social media is Josh, which is yeah. kind of yeah. hard to get away from now because you're now the face of OD yeah. for our social media. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No. And I, so, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in like the whole national, aspect and the whole North American aspect for ODM masters. Um, but when the company gets that big, I'm very curious myself of like, or I'm sure everybody else is curious as small business owners, medium business owners, what are some core values that you guys try to keep when, uh, within ODM masters, when you guys did emerge and you know, what yeah, drives the company so forward through the merger, uh, the biggest thing was that, that Canada could be different. Um, we didn't have to always fall into the same rules, follow the same guidelines because we are a different company. Uh, there's still core values uh, within within Odie uh, that that we strive to strive to 
maintain as well. Um, but the biggest thing that, that we've tried to maintain throughout that is, is to remain nimble. Like we were, we were a small company where like GF Thompson or masters was a big, it was a big company, but at the same time it was family owned. Uh, we were national, but like it ran like a mom and pop, um, but a really well-oiled mom and pop. Yeah. Uh, so then just transition over to kind of corporate America and, and have to learn, learn a whole bunch of new stuff, new practices. Like our budget was, does it make sense? Yeah. Okay. Spend it. Um, whereas now it's, it's gotta be planned out. Uh, so huge learning curve there, but, um, but we still maintain, maintain that even from five years later, like we, we want to do what's right for Canada. Well, that's, that's the thing I think like being in business, I think the, the hardest thing is going from that medium to large and being a mom and pop shop, you're at that medium thing and they just didn't understand how to go large where Odie yeah. came in and like made it. showed them those core values and made it go large. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. It forced us, forced us to have to, have to go large scale yeah. and learn large scale and, and adjust that way. Yeah. Like you're exactly right. We didn't know, we didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Uh, we were on that cusp, but then it's tricky too. Like you don't want to grow too fast. Yeah. Uh, get too fast, too, too quickly, yeah. too big, too quickly. Makes sense. So other than that, Josh, I mean, a lot of the listeners that are coming in today and what we've uh, advertised so far today is all about Dopegate. And I mean, we've had this conversation before, but I never yeah. mind sharing it again because it's always going to be a conversation. So before we dive really ago. <laughs> yeah. 152 like, weeks ago. When did we last so have, before this? We're gonna... yeah, have this chat? Yeah. Yeah. I this conversation because sometimes I forget it and we come back to yep. it. It's, it's, it's a fantastic conversation. But before we get into that, you know, like for people who don't know, like what is pipe dope and what is tape? Like, why are we using it? And you know, yeah, how so did it really come to it's, be? Uh, it's, it's lubricant first and foremost. Um, it's, it serves as lubricant thread sealing is really a secondary function. Uh, so we, we offer, and, and many people offer uh, pipe thread sealants in either liquid uh, paste form or or a tape form, which is the tape form is generally generally Teflon uh, or PTFE, uh, Teflon being a brand name. So PTFE um, basically flattened out, smushed out into strands that you're that you're using to seal and and lubricate uh, plastic or metal metal joints, uh, just avoid, like cutting down the friction when you're when you're hand tightening and then when you're tightening up with the tools. And then the liquid form is is basically the same thing. Just uh, some people would say easier to apply. I think tape's yeah. pretty easy to apply though. So, so now we dive deep into it where everybody wants to know, you know, we always get this conversation, right? With Adam and I as well, you know, where I learned in the beginning, if it's something good or bad, whether to do either or first. Cause when I first came to the industry, everybody's like, uh, you're an idiot if you, tape then dope you have to dope first then put on the tape because it doesn't get everything dirty but then afterwards i start moving to different companies they start telling me that oh you're an idiot now because you who the hell pipe dopes first then tapes you should tape first then pipe dope so before we get into that so so the way i've always learned is that you t-tape every uh you t-tape after the first three three for threads so you leave the first three threads bare you t-tape and then the first three threads you cover with pipe dope. The pipe dope is your is your lubricant to get those threads started. And the and the 
tape is your ceiling at the, at the back end for your, the rest of your threads. And that's how I've always done it. And I don't, I don't, I don't slop on my pipe dope. I only put it on the first three threads. So I've never, I never make a mess. Yeah. And that's how I was always taught. So. Okay. So now, now we have both sides of the stories, but now we're going to listen to Josh because Josh is obviously in this industry long enough where he knows where pipe dope and tape came into play. So Josh, give us uh, some detail of what you think is first or not first or why these things yeah, came so to be. So the biggest uh, biggest thing I'm just going to throw out is uh, I love that Adam referenced the not doping or taping the first couple threads because yeah. everyone does it and you, you're not supposed to do it. No, really? Uh, really? Yeah, you're not. You're like you you got it. You got it. Like, I mean, you're not supposed to dope the first couple. Oh, okay, yeah. No, no, perfect. no, no, no. Yeah. You're 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 bang on. But perfect. when you watch somebody, like every time I see somebody wrapping tape, you're they're, wrong. They're wrap. They're starting <laughs> even off of the off of the, the nipple or the fitting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just for the number one reason is just, you don't want that little end, end of the tape to shred off and go like clog a, clog a valve or something, clog some sort of, some sort of system or get into whatever system you're dealing with. But the, the biggest, biggest question, we, it is in our technical reference, we have an entire section dedicated to technical calls um, that we just, the sections belt and suspenders uh, is what we call it. Uh, <laughs> but it's, we don't recommend either because one should, each one should work. But if you yeah. really want to be overly, overly cautious, you wear a belt and suspenders. So yeah. you, you do both. But if somebody's going to do it, we, we would recommend that you tape and then dope. So, and the reason reasoning for that is, is really just if you're doping and then that tape, like you're always going to get a little bit of stretch and then the threads are going to push, push into the valleys. And in theory, you're, you're, you'd be pushing the dope out of the threads with the tape. Um, as it, as it's, as it's pushing down your, that, that dope has nowhere to go. Um, perfect threads that tape has nowhere to go. Yeah. Let alone, let alone the dope that's in there either. But yeah. no threads are perfect. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. Well, there, there you guys have it. But then, you know, how it came to be, I remember there's a separate story on that because as you said before, Josh, you know, threads were supposed to be yeah. perfect, right? Where you actually didn't need either or, but it was because of like the inconsistencies and the different machining during the process that now you guys had to create the certain products such as pipe dope and tape to make it so that it becomes a sealant yeah. at the same time now. Right? Yeah. So you're right now, like it's, it's gotten to the point where the quality, quality is not always there. And now you're filling, you're filling gaps or fixing imperfections. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to show is we have this set, like there's only one of them here and it's in my office of these, these precision machined threads. Uh, so you got the male and the accompanying female. So this is perfectly machined. These are the perfect threads on either end. We have them for every size. And we go out and if there's ever an issue like, oh, this leaked, it's the dope, the dope's no good. We bring these on site. We put the, the, male, the male into the female, the female, female over the male and just see like, does it rattle? And if it rattles, like, well, you got shit threads. Yeah. Uh, like, 
So what did you use? Oh, I used a little bit of dope. Like, well, these wobble a lot. So you should have used a lot of dope or a lot of tape. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't use enough. So it's, it's almost like this fail safe, but these things, these are invaluable to us now. I don't know what we paid for them when we had them, but I've, we've had them for 30 years or something. That's yeah. Perfect machine threads. Well, that kind of sucks, right? Like, but, but then I, I, the best part is that Odie and masters did decide to, you know, create a product that helped with those inconsistencies from the imperfect yeah. threads that we yeah. have yeah. before. When, when, when did it happen? You know, like how, how, because, has pipe dope always been a thing with tape or did it come into existence when the machining start fucking up? Like what, what, yeah. Do you know, no, do you know, I, you know what? That? I don't know exactly when, like it's, it's been a thing. It's been a thing forever. Uh, I mean, masters metallic. It's like, we just ended our 75th anniversary of masters metallic. So, and that was Ooh. the first pipe thread sealant, like commercially available pipe thread sealant in Canada. I, I'll be, uh, but, uh, sorry, I'll be yeah. honest. Master Metallic was the only thing I used as an apprentice. I didn't use anything else. And it was funny because there was another shop that had Master Metallic and someone got lead poisoning or something yeah. from it. I don't know what he was doing eating it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand. But like, I wouldn't use white Master Dope because it was, nice. it was too comfy. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. And then now I, I would always use Master Metallic. Now, was I working in old heating systems? Yes. So I would use it. I would never use it on a on a, a potable water system but yeah. i yeah. preferred that because it was runny yeah it, it was much easier to apply yeah it's, it's but, runny and and it's heavy because yeah. it's because of the lead like yeah. it 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 sinks into the threads you don't even even need to brush it on you can you can wipe it on with your finger yeah. and it just sinks into the threads yeah. but everything else you got to brush brush in but yeah. it is like that is the workhorse that's what everybody used yeah um until basically until protope came out yeah um and then then the market started started opening up and more more players more versions and and certainly with potable water and the fear of lead um all that all that coming in but i mean historically i think um i mean wicking like like candle wicking like on threads to like fill gaps and threads and valleys that's been around forever uh right lining with him did you guys ever sell that uh not not wick not wick but we had uh we had a product called cord form which was like a rope um, it was like a rope version of Teflon tape. Uh, so, no. Do you still have that? No, we, ne we never yeah. sold. Yeah. I would have. I was gonna yeah, ask. We, we never sold a ton of it because, like, it, it was for it was for giant threads. Yeah. Uh, like, like you couldn't use it on a half inch, three quarter, one. Like, you, like you wouldn't even get near it unless the near needing it, unless you were into like three, three, four, like even like six inch. Yeah. The only person I've seen it use especially on social media has been an oh, example, yeah. you know, like when yeah. he has that, when he starts brushing it yeah. and he gets his threads yeah. and he wraps it around yeah. and he and puts it's beautiful dope over it. To watch him, I've to always watch wanted him to try it, that. Like just weaving it in. Yeah. I get scared, man, because it's machine threads at the same time. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times mm -hmm. I've cut my hands with machine threads. Like you're doing finishing, you start spinning on it. And then the next day you start noticing your hand hurts all the time. Brass machine threads on water meters. Ooh, I've sliced myself up real yeah. good with them. Yeah. So, so other than like tape and dope and everything that, not, not other than tape and dope, but what are some other common misconceptions that people have uh, between tape and dope? Would you say those are all the misconceptions well, or there's more that well, you've seen I, I a just, lot? I will elaborate a little bit on the, on the tape and dope as well, though. There is, uh, again, we, we don't generally recommend using both. Yeah. 
because each one should should do the trick. But like we do see it often, like in fuels, um, like like really thin, fine liquids, glycols. We like we see it see it used a lot, and that's kind of where we like if if it's going to be like a very fine liquid, then like you might want to double up uh, just just to be sure, uh, or even even stainless. Uh, because stainless stainless can have a bit of wobble between the threads because it's harder to cut harder to cut stainless threads, um, and then even in large diameter, um, you might you might actually consider because because that tape is like it is it is finite like no matter how much you stretch it you might not actually be able to get it to get down into the into the bottom um, without like wrapping a ton of it on so. That's so, where you might you might throw dope on first. So one thing I was always taught was mm. that you could you could tell the difference between a good fitter and a bad fitter is if he put his tape on first and then he uh, he rolled the edge of his uh, tape roll in the grooves and dug it into the grooves before of the threads before handing you the fitting and that was something I was always taught to do. And, you, and, my, and the guy that taught me, he was always like, you can tell the difference between a good fitter and a bad fitter by just that, yeah. if they do that. So yeah. we would always, I would always grind it into my threads. Yeah, and that's, that's actually funny. So I was, uh, I was working with my, um, my father-in-law and we were putting some pool equipment together and I was wrapping the threads on, the, on one of the lines and I ripped it off and then I, then I wound it or the, the roll around and pushed it, pushed it in. He's like, what'd you just do there? I'm like, oh, I, I just have it. Just so yeah. I, like you roll it back through. And he's like, yeah. I've never seen that before. Like that's, that's smart. Yeah. But that's, that's a piece like where like, it's good. It kept, keeps help. It, it helps to keep the tape gripped on Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, is it necessary? I don't know. Um, yeah. If it, that's the way you're taught, that's the way you're taught and it works, go with it. To, to the same point though, if you're taught dope then tape and it works, keep going. Yeah. Keep like doing it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like there's people that will swear up and down that that's that's how you do it like all the power to you if it doesn't yeah. leak like I'm, I'm all for it if it does at the end of the day if it doesn't leak it doesn't yeah. leak. that's all that matters but yeah here but in there, there was a comment yeah. there was a comment in there that said like like the the threads the threads should be making the seal yeah and they should in a tapered in yeah. a tapered joint like the distorted threads like like at the end like that's your seal yeah I, I got something interesting that I've always wanted to ask. So now that I found out that your first pipe dope was 75 years ago, you know, during the time from 75 year, years ago and when you joined, what, what, what did they, what's in that development process, the advancement of it were in pipe dope and tape that we don't know about? Because for us, you know, when we're using it, we're just assuming here's a bottle of pipe dope, right? This is the old kind. But then here's a new dope, which you guys call pro dope. Let's say, what is the difference in there for us? We don't see anything. For us, it's just yeah. It's just it's just it's just, a, it's just dope. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, the biggest biggest changes that that we've seen kind of between '47 and today is certification, um, and and this kind of ties into your your previous question of misconceptions as well. Is um, there's so many certifications available and required. Uh, for different things, for different applications, especially on, on pipe dope that a lot of people don't pay attention to or, or unaware of, or trust a manufacturer, trust a wholesaler, trust, trust their journeyman. Like, but at the end of the day, like if something needs to be certified, 
to a certain standard and you're using something that's not, then it's your, it's your ass on yeah. Like yeah. if you're using pipe dope, that's not gas yeah. certified. Like that's on yeah. you. Uh, it's, not, it's not on the manufacturer. Uh, it's not on the wholesaler that sold it to you. It's the onus is on you to know if it's approved. Uh, but certification is is a big one. Natural gas certifications through through ULC, UL, CSA, those all came to be in the, in those seventy five years. Food like CFIA food certifications, um, FBC um, for plastic pipe yeah. um, is probably the. I'm gonna say well, it's not the newest one, but probably one of the newest ones um, being certified to be used on on plastic pipe. Um, but then, and then into green building, like you get into lead jobs, um, like there's, there's certification, like the, the lead V4, like the, one of the more, more recent versions, like you have to use low VOC pipe thread sealant, but you can't just say low VOC. You can't just doctor up your records and your SDS and say that it's under the threshold. You actually have it, have it third party lab tested oh, wow. and certified, uh, to, in order to say that it's say that it's compatible. And, what, what, and what's the third party here for you guys to test? Is it like CSA? Is it in uh, so, like, so UL it? does it. There's uh, it's called like Green Guard or Green Guard Gold, um, and then there's a uh, Material Analytical Services does it does a green certification as well. It's it's to a particular California public health standard. So as long as you're testing to that standard, really, and any accredited agency can do it. But yeah, that one. So does your product cost? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave it up to California. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have to label all your products in California when you sell the states yeah. that this product may cause cancer and has harmful yep. products? Because apparently yeah, yeah, every product yeah. even has... products even products in Canada that are manufactured in the U.S. There's if it's a if it's a shared SKU with our U.S. team, it needs to have that marking on like like wax wax gaskets on the package. Say like have that Prop 65 warning because like anything that could remotely get close, like you got to. CYA. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is hilarious. That's the funniest thing. Like sometimes you, yeah. you buy a toy in the States and it says it can yeah. cause cancer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's plastic. Like if, if it has plastic in it, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be tagged. Like no matter what it is. So every, every time you do those changes, does that mean you would have to put a new name for that product. Is that why ProDope came out? And then let's just say there's a new certification afterwards. Does that mean you have to do a rename or are you ever going to say ProDope um, 2.0? It, it depends. There's, there's different ways of doing it. Like when the new certifications come out, you can either tack on additional certifications, like with, with our ProDope being kind of the perfect example. Anytime a new certification comes out, if, if we can get it for ProDope, we get it. Um, so it looks like the can looks like a NASCAR now, like all these stamps and yeah. everything, everything on it. But, but there, there was a product a couple of years ago where we had, we had a product, everyone wanted it, but they wanted to use it for gas. I'm just like, but it's, this is our cheap product. Like we shouldn't be using this for gas. So we, we went out and got it certified, uh, cost a bunch of money to do these certifications. So at the end of the day, we're like, like we ended up ended up with two different products uh one that was certified and one that wasn't but it was virtually the same stuff just in a different in a can. different labeled can yeah. one that we had to pay to be certified for so we would charge more for yeah and one that was general purpose but yeah. 
like at the end of the day, it was pretty, it was pretty much the same stuff. It's, it's funny in BC, when you're doing gas pipe, do people put T tape and dope on it over there, Terrence? Cause here, you know, if a plumber's doing gas, there's T tape and pipe dope on it. But if a gas fitter is doing it, you know, there's only dope on it. Honestly, that, that, that I don't know because the, the way I've, the way I've used to do it before was yeah. just gas tape. And then as I went to a different company, they started telling me, no, don't, don't use gas tape. Yeah. We're just going to use pipe dope. Uh, because you know yeah. you can piss yeah. more than gas oh, yeah. practically when when we are using gas so i've I've just got accustomed to it and where i teach it right now and my apprentices and my journeymen that come in i just say don't use tape just use pipe dope and we still haven't we've never had a leak yeah. just yeah. pipe dope but yeah, the question for you guys though is that can that come down to um like really can that come down to cost savings like material cost savings it's it's very it's very cheap yeah uh, in the grand scheme, but yeah. like it, it's still it's still an additional step if you did both. You know how many rolls of T tape I've lost and that I found? Like I probably have thirteen rolls of T tape and stuff. Like that's like I don't even think about that stuff. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a cost. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even sure. I think maybe for the construction wise, it is because when I first started, I started in commercial, and when we did a lot of our gas lines, we still didn't use tape, but we used the uh, the the yep. permanent text brand pipe dope which was the black pipe dope right because that shit apparently once you get it on then it just stays hard forever and that shit's so hard to take apart but but other than that no i I don't ever think that if i'm quoting a job whether i add tape on there or or pipe dope that it's going to make a huge difference to the cost at all because it's not it's going to be baked into the price regardless you can't you're not going to use a gallon of it and i've probably I've probably, Josh, never finished. Yeah. It's straight up. Yeah. I've never <laughs> dried out. I don't, I don't know that how many people are in here, but if you can tell me if you've ever finished a can of pipe dope, yeah. man, you're good. Honestly, you're really good. Number one, number one complaint we get is that the brush doesn't reach the bottom of the can. So there are some folks out there doing it. You know what? I actually have finished. When I was with Black & Mac, I did finish a few cans of pipe dope because we used it all the time. But it was yeah, it metallic and it's thinner, right? I remember tipping it on its side and like uh, not being able to touch the bottom. And I'd, I'd put it in my truck on the side so, so that I'd be able to get it. Yeah. Then when you get those complaints, are you making the, are you making well, that brush longer now? Well, or originally it was a straight brush. So now like that's where the bent brush came in. Um, so so we, we ended up uh, like introducing uh, the bent brush. This would be again, probably 30 years ago uh, to get into the corners. Um, we at one point our, our can was actually a two part can uh, to help. So it was actually had a paint, almost like a paint lid uh, that could pr- be pried off. So then you can actually access the entire can. Um, and then the brush screwed onto that paint lid. Uh, we went away from that cause it would just cost a fortune. Like, and yeah. nobody else was doing it. Uh, everyone else was coming up with single yeah. cans. We're like, oh, let's just do away with this. Plus yeah. like my hands, like, we used to call them screw caps back in, back in the day. It was part of the manufacturing process. And you had to, you had to take the, the brush and the cap, screw it on, torque it down. And then that was a component of the, of the production process. They'd take the, the screw cap and stamp it down when the can was filled. But it was just like I was bloody hands, blisters. Like it was the worst job you could do. <laughs> and, and you'd do it for like four hours straight. Just twist them on. Yeah. That's- Hey, 
aside from the brushes and the fact that we don't finish a can, I think the other thing that we walk into, which maybe I don't read the instructions because obviously that it's pipe dope, right? But is there a shelf life for pipe dope? And then like once you open it, is there a way to keep it fresh? Um, or is there a way to keep it so it stays the way it is? Because I think for, for some reason, for some of the reasons why we don't finish some, some of the cans, it's just that we go back into it and we find out that it's all dried up or we just can't really dig anything out anymore. Or when am I supposed to know if the consistency is bad and then that I should throw it yeah, away? So depending on the pipe dope, some of, some of them will have shelf lives. Um, but if you're actually like, we, we recommend and we, we strongly recommend every time you open it, stir it. Um, every time you're done with it, tighten it back up as tight as tight as you can. Um, I, I've been trying like I keep forgetting, I, I get halfway there and then I forget. But every time I go, my wife would kill me if she watches this. Every time I go to the cupboard and get peanut butter, like it's rock hard because she refuses to mix. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's rock hard? <laughs> Johnny Sins over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, coming out. Uh, no, no. So the 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 peanut butter is like rock hard at the bottom of the jar because the oil separates and she refuses to mix it when when you first open it if you don't mix it and mix it thoroughly and mix it every time you use it then the bottom gets gets hard because you're using all the oils up at the top uh, so as long as you keep it mixed and keep the oils at the bottom in in suspension then it will it, it will last like a can of masters metallic and adam you can probably attest like yeah you can open a can of masters metallic that's 50 years old like it'll still be liquid no oh, you yeah. can take joint you can take so is that is that when your wife calls you and then tells you her hand's stuck in the jar? <laughs> Josh Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure but, wife's yeah. not coming. I love yeah. how Josh is looking, making sure your wife's not yeah. coming in. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty neat. Yeah. Well, thanks for showing that. Well, so so wait, wait. Uh, so make sure that stirred and then close as tight as you can. But other than that, what's the usual shelf life once uh, you open it again? Um, you, you could probably get you could probably get like five years 10 years on the same can if you're doing if you're sealing it properly if you're not sealing it um it is gonna it is gonna start separating um and then and then the alcohols will flash off that are in it as well um, how about temperature i mean we live in canada it's cold as hell where me and you are like yeah if it's in your side of your truck and it gets really cold that's going to affect the shelf life as well Right or not? Yeah, yeah. We ha we haven't got an exact study on how long. Um, as long as it as long as it's still uh, still malleable, like and it's stirrable, yeah. it's still good to go. Yeah. Um, you don't want to get too hot. You get separation as well. Uh, but the the number one thing um, on on that topic is there's nothing you can do hmm. uh, when when it gets like when you get that clump at the bottom and it's and it's rock hard. Like you can't do anything. People will add oil uh, and do it, make it liquid again. Does that work? No. It, well, it, it, it makes it liquid again, uh, but you're playing with fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can't, so what you're saying is once it's done, it's, it's done. done. You can't save yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the biggest issues we ever had in the history, history of the company was it, what it came down to needed, needed to stretch that last bit of a can, uh, just that little bit to finish a job. So threw some cutting oil in it, mixed it and it was uh, it was it was a disaster. Yeah. Um, so so we from that point on we're like no do not do not try and cut it. Oh man, 
you know how many times I've like half closed the can of Masters Metallic and it was warm in my tool bag and then I pulled it out and all the oil came out all over my bag. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. it's so bad. You can't so clean bad. it. You're screwed. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Time yeah. to get a time to yeah, get another. Yeah. 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 We, we used to have, we used to have a winter and a summer formula. Yeah, uh, where we varied varied the mix a little bit just to just to, like because it was harder to I think more more because it was harder to manufacture um, when it was thinner or thicker yeah. depending on this on the season. Do you tag that one? Oh, there's a question. There's a <laughs> there's a pretty interesting question. So, has the advancement in press technology have any effect on pipe dope and tape aspect oh. of your oh. business? Mr. Yeah, Castro yeah, asked. of course. Um, I mean, it, like, how could it not? Um, same same with like the the sweat or copper copper soldering business. Like, can we can we quantify it though? Is the question and the answer is not really, no. um, because you you don't know where it's going, um, who's doing what. It's 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 nearly impossible to actually quantify. But but absolutely, uh, I, absolutely. I would think it would I think it would increase since uh, Viga uh, ball valves are just so expensive that so people are just buying, you know. Uh, MIPs and throwing a threaded valve in there so they yeah. use it more. That's I, a lot of people are doing that instead of buying a Vega uh, ball valve because they're so expensive. They'll just it's cheaper to buy two FIPs and then thread it to thread it in. And it's no big deal. And then if it does leak, you just cut it, put a coupling in, and unthread and put the new valve in. Yeah. So, yeah, way better of a choice. Yeah. I would do the same. Yeah. So, so as for OD and Masters, uh, another question that just kind of piqued me is. What what are the new challenges, or what are the current challenges that you guys have? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is for for a line like ours is is innovation, um, coming out with with new things, breaking breaking barriers, like like breaking new ground. Um, for say like a tool company, like like that's that's cool stuff. Like you can yeah. you can make little tweaks, like a little a subtle tweak to an old an old favorite is a brand new thing, and it gets all the buzz. Um, but to get people, I, I guess, to get people excited about the products that we that we manufacture, um, right now, our our biggest, uh, truly, like one of our biggest focuses isn't really even about what's coming forward. It's about looking back, at least in Canada, looking back at what we already have. Yeah. Because uh, so many people don't realize the breadth of offering that we have, like the flip through a catalog or go through the website or whatever, and just like. I didn't know Odie did that. It's like, oh, like I didn't know Odie had that. I didn't know this was existed. And Instagram's a perfect, perfect spot for it. Like, like the the social media team throws up some some gems, like just kind of hidden secrets, like hidden products. Um, and you get so many people just like, I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's why you guys have the ambassadors yeah. and the whole team yeah. now with uh, with Odie, right? Like, what 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 caused you to do the change to make it where everybody had the, the, the name team Odie. Um, I, I don't know when that came, came to be like, I mean, I think the last time we talked, um, on, on a live, like, I think I was still using my personal handle and it, it was just coming into, like, I was just starting to use it for work. So my, my, my uh, account was probably like half food stuff, workout stuff, family, and then some plumbing. Uh, but then the ambassador thing and the team Odie started, and then, and then I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to set this, this account to be like a work account. 
So did you then, start and the, and then for the record yeah. team impetus was yeah, first. Did, first. You, did you start the team Odie? Like were you the first no. one to do team Odie and then someone else no. did it or no? Oh, no. So, so I'm actually, I'm not even part, like, like I'm part. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm part the team feels like I'm part, but, but I'm truly not even part of the social media team. Yeah, no. Uh, sure. So, so our social media team um, is is run out of run out of the U.S. and um, either either Catherine or Amanda would have been the first. Nice. Um, and and then there was two or three other people, and and I was still using my my own handle, and I actually reached out and was like, "Hey, do you mind if I use the Team Odie thing?" And just like, "Oh, absolutely! Like, you don't have to ask." Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. "I don't know." Like, like I thought that was kind of kind of a team thing yeah uh, but then it just it kind of took off from there and we've got a bunch of people using it now so yeah well you guys do a lot more i know you guys That's are sweet. really pushing your tile stuff too right like you you go outside of plumbing quite a bit so yeah. i know there's tyler i heard and you guys are really pushing that side of things as well which is crazy like you guys people don't really understand that you guys do more than just plumbing products like yeah yeah so even uh like between canada and the u.s we like the u.s has a commercial like OD commercial team specifically yeah. with commercial products. Um, we've got building material specific products, heating, uh, plumbing, like, like our tourney line as an example, like everyone, everyone knows our like single, single size or dual size, like in pneumatic plugs, like three, four, six inch. Uh, but we use, we've got like giant municipal waterworks plugs. Like it's a whole separate division of our business that most people don't even like they never touched one of these things, but like we got like ninety six inch test plugs. Like these things are monsters. I saw actually I saw ninety six inch yeah. test plugs. You just say yeah, the wet show. The wet show you guys yeah. had. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was truthfully. I thought that was just like a show thing that you guys created just because. No, no. But that's I've, a real I've plug. I've quoted one in Canada. Holy! Yeah, no. I wouldn't want to pull that plug, dude. I would. What's retail costs? What's retail costs? I just want to know. I don't want to know your cost, and I want to know yeah, what the. You know what? I, I don't know the price of that one, but these these things are they are not they are not cheap. Like we we sell a lot of forty eight seventy two, yeah, uh, like forty eight ex, uh, expandable to seventy two inch. That's probably our one of our biggest, um, in that space. But like like they're they've got to be they've got to be like six thousand dollars or something. I was gonna say like ten. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah they might. They might be. I, 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 I don't. I'm in charge of that space. I don't. I don't really play in that space. I've got a guy for that. Yeah. So, that's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. That's cool. Yeah. I got a couple more questions. We're 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 almost getting close. I think we kicked off in an hour. Yeah. Time, right, yeah. Adam? Let's yeah. uh, let's let's get this guy as much as we can. Um, so there's a lot of smart technology coming into play, obviously, because we know times are moving really quick. And for us, you know, how the hydronic side now is becoming the HVAC side and it's all electrical and it's all air. Um, does Masters or OD kind of in their future planning, do they kind of think that they're going to incorporate some of these technologies into their products that are going to be smart or I'd say more up, not, not up to date, but I would just say smart. Like, is there going to be some smart technology that's going to be put into certain products? Yeah, we've, we've looked at a couple things. It's a big part is just like identifying what makes sense in our grouping. Um, because like by and large, we're like a lot of our stuff is just consumable um, or considered consumable. Um, so it, it becomes tougher for us to have 
smart products like smart dope that'll tell you when it's leaking and uh, <laughs> like it's just it's it's tough for a company and in an assortment like ours but but we're looking like we're we're never closed door about it uh we've looked at some things in the past um just haven't haven't really panned out yeah most most of our like i'd say our technological advancement is is going to come in by by way of like selector tools and things like that, like tools, tools for our salespeople, tools for for the field to just help identify the right the right things, uh, but not really. I was, like, was going to reach out to you the other day. Actually, I'm, we're doing a Home Depot in Brampton right now, and the flanges yeah, are messed up. Uh, <laughs> the flanges are super messed up, and I was like, I guarantee you, Odie has a product for this, so I can help out because yeah. it's just a mess, and I can't break the floor, and it's a time sensitive thing. So I was like. Odie's probably got a product for this. I'll probably send you a picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be like, hey. Hey, maybe 10 years from now, like Casserole was saying, there's going to yeah. be a nano dope. You know, It'll, you have some nanotechnology in there. So somehow you can put your dope wherever the hell you want. Who cares if it's on the first or second thread? Yeah. It'll just help yeah. you seal the thing. Yeah, just <laughs> click, click it on a screen and just dopes itself up. Yeah. No, and that's, that's uh, that innovation, that the kind of, problem solving is is huge for us wherever we can like if if there's ever if there's situations where there's just you're always running running into the same thing like drop drop us a line shoot me a message we've got an idea portal on our website too like we get a lot of innovation just just from watching watching people work like seeing yeah. things like why do you do that like why do you always do that like you keep, you keep putting that tool down and then picking it back up. Like, would it be easier if that tool was attached to you somehow, or we could eliminate the use of that tool um, in, in a product, so. Yeah. Adam, you got anything? Can you hear me? Are you, is can he saying anything? Yeah. Okay, just, okay. yeah, I can I hear you. I don't know what now. happened. Yeah. I, I tried to switch out to another app. I have questions on it, but <laughs> I can't read them. Fuck. You want to ask the question? I can, we have them in a WhatsApp group. Do you have them there? Oh, that's okay. Okay. Well, well I have one more for him. So yeah. we're, we're, we're coming to a close now. We do very much appreciate you coming in here today, Josh. But before we do go, we always want to know the manufacturer, whoever's coming in, what is new and what is something that you can share with us that is in development or something that's going to be launching in the next couple months that you can share? Um, in the next couple months, I can't, I, I can't share anything right now. Um, recently we're just coming, uh, like there, there's a big part, I don't want to say it's me too stuff, but we've, we've been focusing on, on a lot of gap fills. Um, yeah. we've gotten back recently, gotten back into the supply line, supply line business in, in the U S we've launched our valve business, um, color assortments, um, of different product. Um, uh, so our, our linear drains, our, uh, bath waste and overflows in, in different colors. Um, Outside of that, it's it's we're looking at just ways that we can improve improve manufacturing. Um, as we're looking at, uh, we're looking a lot at, at development for Canada in Canada uh, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned it to you guys before. Like we we moved our glycol, like our glycol production, we make we make it in Canada now nice. because it made no sense making it over or uh, not overseas across the border um, no. and so. shipping it over here. So we set up a whole operation here to uh to make glycol so we'll be looking at a lot of things like that like if there's enough volume for ca for canada yeah. why wouldn't we make it here um almost like an insourcing insourcing type of project is, is that going to 
be a thing since everything's going to heat pump side and it's going to be more for refrigeration or do you yourself think you know still moving forward that the hydronic side and the water side is still going to be play a play a I, big I think role? it's it's still going to play a big role at least for the foreseeable for future like these these targets like the the mandates and targets that are in place like there's there's almost no way we're hitting any of these things no. uh, so so like at this point we're, we're it's steady as she goes. Uh, we're going to look at some things as, as well, like as the tide's turning on that, we, we need to start focusing into, into some other, uh, other options, other tech, other, other consumable stuff for that space. But, um, but at this point, like we're not, we're not overly concerned, um, not for the next five years, at least. That's, that's good to know. I mean, we're, we're always trying to find out whether, we're going to go fully in with the yeah. whole electrical scene or do we sit back and watch? And even from my end, like, you know, as a company, we still need to grow. So we, on our end, we have to be taking all those new courses for heat pumps and refrigeration and all that other crap. So, you know, it's nice to know what you guys are doing as a manufacturer. Yeah. And as, you think as, as well. big as it seems like the hydronic space and, and the electrical side, heat pump side, like it's, it's re relatively small in the grand scheme like it's still it's still new it is um, like yeah, and it's it's got so far to go before it's it's widely adopted um like it's got a, it's got a long way there's still a lot of naysayers on that stuff too but uh, but like we want to be part of that journey like it's not going anywhere um i think that's where that's where everything's building from um it's the newest newest kid on the block no um so that is yeah i feel you that's awesome yeah well thank you very much josh for coming today uh if you guys don't know again this is josh with team Odie. you can follow him at uh josh underscore team Odie. and for adam and i we are actually having our events for hpac which josh is also going to be part of are uh, you I coming think I'm to see during that time i nice. think i'm going to yeah perfect so on september 21st we're going to be doing an hpac event which is the hydronic summit but on our end, Adam and I are running the event show called the Live Educational Boiler Build. So if anybody wants to have more information on that, whether you're from BC or you want to fly into BC for this one-day show, let us know. It's going to be a full-sponsored event on our end where we're going to do a live boiler build. Uh, Educational-wise, where we have a lot of sponsors coming in and we're going to be building the hydronic side for the boilers with different brands the whole day. Join us if you can. Give me a DM if you're interested and you guys will see Josh there. Awesome. I'm yeah. excited. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Right. Thank you Thanks, very much, guys. Josh. Talk to you. Yeah. See you. you have a good one. Bye. See you later, Adam.